Welcome back to another bonus episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to review the new Predator prequel, Prey, that's now on Hulu. Uh, there's a lot of folks nowadays, the word woke is coming out a lot. This is woke, Star Trek's woke, uh, the Prey movie is woke. And I want to tackle that subject because I want to talk about what is woke is it a good thing or a bad thing? And uh, is it getting overused now in our cultural zeitgeist? We'll go a little bit into how the politics and the politicization in our times is sort of saturating everything and being applied to everything. And what can we do about that? And then I want to talk about the cancel culture and the retconning of uh, celebrities and public figures who have been out for 40, 50 years. Uh, the, there's a Twitter mob out there trying to cancel Metallica for apparently being racist or something. I don't know. I read the article and I just I couldn't even bring myself to read more on it because at the end of the day, it's so ridiculous. You know, so I want to go into what that is and why that is and why is it that people are trying to bust people that they don't like. It's like they're going back. You know, 40, 50 years and looking at everything they've ever done and then trying to cancel people for something they did wrong in a different era when there was a basically there was a different standard. You know, at the end of the day, I think that we should all be proactive. We should all be uh, believe in equality and acceptance of others, of course. But uh, it can it can get a little heavy handed. It can go too far. And at the end of the day, what it's about is not hurting and hating one another for our differences and at the end of the day yes we should all culturally appropriate to better terminology we should all culturally appropriate to better gender terms of course but at the end of the day when we don't allow others to evolve we have this tendency to be overly hurtful or hateful but we just wanted to come back and say hello and say hi uh, and and address the cancel culture woke issue and uh yeah just do a pray a movie review for you so let's begin welcome back everybody to another episode of surviving empathy podcast this is just a bonus episode you guys and i've got my beautiful wife and co-host rebecca russell please say hello to the folks hello (laughs) so anyways hey guys welcome back i wanted to just do a bonus episode because we watched the new uh predator prequel that movie prey that's going around everywhere you know it's everywhere it's it's on the streaming it's on the hulus and uh you know youtubers and everybody are you know talking about it and it's kind of creating a little bit of a stir in our culture right now and i kind of want to talk about that because people are claiming that it's woke or too woke and i think that gets used a little bit too much in our society today so we kind of wanted to talk about that but uh, this episode is about, uh, uh, we're going to do a Predator prequel review, and then we're going to talk about Prey being too woke, whether it is or not, and what does woke mean, and then uh, talk about the politicization of everything in our culture, how that's just becoming a socio-political cudgel to try to modify people's behavior. It's kind of like a forced, like, well, you have to act this way to be conservative, and you have to act this way to be liberal, and there is seems to be no overlap there. And we're all turning into sort of soldiers of the cause rather than in unique individuals. And I, I really just want people to be uniquely themselves and not always worry about whether they're being macho or masculine or feminine or how they're being 
be yourself. Just be yourself. I mean, that would be refreshing. That'd be a nice little refreshing dip in the, uh, uh, you know, pro- uh, progress pool, you know? <laughs> the pool of life. The pool of life, yes. And, uh, and then we're going to talk about, yes, the ridiculousness of cancel culture and retconning public figures who've been around for a long time, like Metallica. Now there's people on Twitter trying to go back and trying to say that Metallica is racist. And I got something to say about that. And then we're going to talk about um, uh, uh, the times where we used to dress up uh, as cultural figures back in the 80s, back before uh, we became such a uh, culturally sensitive time. Uh, we had a sense of humor about ourselves. We had we We didn't. We never did these things to be hurtful, and I want to talk about that because you even dressed up as as a blackface figure in, in the 80s. Am I wrong? I did. I was Aunt Jemima. <laughs> that is, I mean, yes, today, by today's standard, that's wrong in every single conceivable way, but but yeah. it was never done out of to no. hurt anyone. No, not at all. You know, it's no. like giving people crap for trying to dress like Michael Jackson. It's not the black that you're trying to be it's the michael jackson you're trying to be and we'll talk about that and what's what's too far you know because we are in different times and we want to talk about where that line should be you know yeah um because i'm not saying that we shouldn't be culturally sensitive we absolutely should but we should also i don't know uh, pull the stick out of our butts good grief i mean unless you're actively being racist i really think that the word racist gets kind of thrown around too much, you know? And uh, as a white person, I'm very... I love rap music. I, I've explained to you that I've met Aretha Franklin when I was five years old. She went to my fifth birthday party. Um, uh, my babysitter was African-American, and so when I was just a wee little tyke still in diapers, uh, I, I was babysat by an entire a black family with, with two um, daughters. And so I was always around black people, and when, you know, they would take me to Burger King and uh, all these places, you know, I was this toe-headed little white kid hanging out with this black family, and I was the one that got looked at, not them. Yeah, it just was what it was. <laughs> it just it was what it was, and nobody yeah. cared, you know. Uh, so anyways, we'll talk about that. And then uh, and then here I have um, keeping things in their proper perspective. How do we not lose our shit in these divisive times? And then uh, if we have time, we're going to talk about uh, staying proactive without being hateful, keeping our comfort, ease, and relaxation in times where there's an overabundance of lacking in control because it just feels like everything's going off the rails and we don't feel like we have the control anymore. And then as we enter into a new phase of our life, as we're getting older, we're entering sort of the autumn of our life. And I want to talk about the fears and the panic I get from that because we're we're now entering and you can feel it now you can feel it's palpable energetically that uh we're entering the autumn of our life our parents are getting older we're getting older times are getting a little bit more uh i don't know unforgiving if you will and so i want to go talk about that because it's really been messing up my sleep lately and my comfort you yeah. know mm-hmm. and so i want to talk about that and then uh, at the end yeah uh, nerve, sleep, comfort, and clarity in unsettling times, and then entering the autumn of our lives, entering a new life phase. So if we have time for that, we'll go ahead and do that. But uh, I wanted to start with the Predator movie, uh, the, the prequel, the, 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 it's called Prey. And uh, do you want to just set up the uh, synopsis of the movie for us? 
Sure. It's uh, set in the 1700s, mm-hmm. and it follows uh, a Comanche tribe, and more specifically, a, a woman in that tribe. Yeah. And <clears throat> she wants to be a hunter, and that's totally the opposite of what the norm is with right. the, the, the tribe. And she starts noticing things footprints and weird things happening and realizes there's something out there besides yeah let's not give away spoilers so no i'm not uh, i am gonna uh, issue a spoiler warning but we'll try not to give away the ending or too many details but go go ahead she just realizes there's something out there besides the normal things that they're used to in nature right so what she is is she's a comanche uh tribe member who is sort of shunned by the men because she wants to be a hunter and she wants to be known as a as a, a vicious and uh, cunning warrior and hunter. Um, and uh, all the other guys are like, you know, hey, Cook, hey, Howdy, you need to stay in the kitchen. They don't say that. That's from North Shore. <laughs> but they're like, they're giving her shit because uh, a woman ought to know her place, you know, in those days, back in the 1700s. And she's like, no. If I'm good at something, I should be allowed, you know, and uh, even her own mother is kind of like, why don't you just not go against the grain? It would make life so much easier. And she's like, no, I want to do this. This is what I'm good at. And so, yeah, she um, she goes off. She has to do this thing where she has to uh, prove herself. I can't remember the Native American term for it, but there is a term for her having to pass this test where she has to hunt something that's hunting her. And when she passes that test, it could be a, a, a bobcat or a, a mountain lion, it could be a bear, it could be anything, but something that's hunting you back, she has to hunt and conquer, and then she will win that rite of passage as a, as a hunter in her tribe. And, um, and I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, but uh, anyways, uh, I don't want to give away too much, but um, but when, when I first started watching the movie, I was just like, uh, uh-oh, this is feeling a little bit Pocahontas, a little bit um, a little bit Mulan, a little bit Disney-esque. I was afraid it was going to start feeling like a Disney movie because it was so polished, and it was just like, hmm. And, and of course, it was picking up uh, vibes of The Revenant, if you guys don't know that movie, yeah. The Revenant, which is one of my favorites. Uh, the outdoors, especially in the um, Canadian West, uh, beautiful. Uh, and and uh, so this we're, we're in the times of the 1700s in sort of the uh, French-Canadian territories where there's fur trappers and there's Native Americans and there's uh, – it's just a very um, kind of difficult way of life for everybody. And um, at the end of the day, this predator comes down – uh, for the first time, according to this canon, according to the movie, he comes down to try to hunt the biggest, baddest uh, critter in the land. And uh, first, he, you know, he takes on a bear, and then he or first he takes on a wolf, and then he takes on a bear, and he just keeps kind of keeps looking for uh, some worthy opponent or adversary to his hunting ways and uh you know and and i thought the movie was really good uh in in terms of sticking with the lore sticking with his code that he'll never you know kill somebody who's unarmed uh all done very well and uh, as a whole what did you think of the movie i really really liked it i liked the simplicity of it yeah yeah it was all stripped down it was uh Mm -hmm. you know yeah, it felt like a stripped-down version of the movie, like kind of like the original, where it's self-contained in an area, and it was just these characters and their survival. And, and so it felt very much very uh, reminiscent of the first movie in that regard, that 
you know, it's just um, people surviving for their life. And, uh, you know, in the first one, it was these buff dudes at their peak physical condition who are rattled when they find out with all their guns and all their muscles that there's a apex predator out there that is outclassing them in every way. And it rattles them to the core. And so, you know, this, you know, this group of uh, alpha males, if you will, are just kind of shaken and taken along for this journey to realize that, you know, they got to humble themselves. You're not necessarily the alpha dog anymore. And, uh, and I, I kind of caught that same theme here in the sense that instead of, big buff guys with machine guns and bullets and grenades and all that, but you had this Comanche tribe and these French trappers that have uh, guns and uh, primitive guns and uh, and just things like spears and uh, more, you know, bow and arrows and things like that. But then to offset it, to make it believable, the uh, predator himself was also stripped down. So he was 300 years uh, behind in their technologies, yeah. they still had some of the vi- you know laser scope technologies and all yeah, that. They had the technology to get here, yeah, to but get they to Earth, but they but, were using yeah. like alloys and metals instead of like some of the really fancy plasma stuff, and stuff, plasma yeah. cannons mm-hmm. and all that. Right, exactly. So it was a little more. Uh, it felt uh, a little more uh, believable because they made the the character especially when ganged up upon, uh, beatable. You know, it, it mm-hmm. felt like you could actually beat this creature if you strategized correctly. But, yeah, um, yeah I heard a, some criticism. You know, I heard, uh, you know, that, that uh, you know, there's the critical drinker on YouTube. He, he, he likes a story where a person is flawed and then becomes, through the movie, becomes a more perfect character by g- growing. And that too many characters possess too many powers or too many uh, skills, and they don't really seem beatable. They don't seem very humanized. Did you feel like she was uh, human enough, or was she just a little too skilled and a little too much like a ninja for her own good? I think that took some people out of the movie. What yeah, do you think? I don't really think so, because I think she, she'd she been training and doing all mm. this stuff for years. Yeah. And, you know, maybe a little far-fetched when she's yeah. against, a, you know, a certain number of people, but I don't think it was that unbelievable. It was, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, was it was movie believable. Well, I think it exactly. Was, I was going to say, it's not so bad that it takes you out of the movie. No. And I'm just not one of those people that are looking to criticize to death a movie. If it's plausible and it feels right and it's a well done movie in execution i give it full credit because i just think people nowadays just love crapping on shit it does nothing meets their expectation because they have something in their mind's eye that's not fully realized not fully fleshed out and then if it doesn't meet that expectation people just go to town they just go Mm -hmm. off and i just find god like i'm just getting so tired of over criticism it's not that we can't criticize things intellectually like oh it could have done this better it could have done that better sure you know when you're being uh, intellectual and you're being balanced about it sure you can criticize things but uh, everybody's a critic nowadays and i just feel like people don't give enough credit where credit is due mm-hmm. and that this yeah. movie did so much more right than it did wrong and yet some people feel like no wrong and they just tune out well, and one of the criticisms <clears throat> was that, oh, 
no woman back in that day would have actually had the the guts to go against anything. Like, there <laughs> weren't right. people. There weren't rebels back three hundred <clears throat> years ago. There weren't people that went against the grain. It, yeah, just right. to have that criticism. Was well, just yeah, so and I we said that when we were prepping, and I said, "What about Mary Curie? She went against the right? grain and became exactly. a scientist." Yeah, exactly. You know? That was so, just the stupidest. Well, and, about it. and yes, I mean, she was a little skilled. She was a little overly skilled. And it kind of made you feel like she wasn't, um, maybe, maybe she was, it, it was, they call that, there's a term for that. Uh, uh, what, do you remember what that term was? Yeah, that's where I learned the word plot armor, which just means that the plot and the storytelling protects the individual just through the plot itself, plot armor. And so that maybe she had a little bit of plot armor in the sense that she was just maybe just a little too skilled, maybe just a little too spry. Um, but you know what? For me, the the good outweighs the bad here. You can pick anything to death if you yeah, scrutinize you it deep enough. Mm-hmm. But I just think at the end of the day, it did so much more right than wrong. It was a visually stunning movie. Yeah. It looked beautiful. It looked like The Revenant, where it was shot in all natural lighting. It was shot in that kind of uh, northwest, beautiful mountainous range, where you've got the mountains and you got the trees and you got the rivers and the streams. It was gorgeous it to was, look at. Yeah, and uh, and then the scenes, the action scenes where there were fights, I thought, you know, so what if it's stylized? That's mm-hmm. the point. That's, yeah, That's the exactly. point of these kind of movies mm-hmm. is to have a fun fight. You know, um, I detest yeah. violence in real life. I used to like MMA and boxing. I grew up with it all. Uh, as I became more focused on being an energetic healer and empath, um, I just don't like real violence anymore. I think uh, putting people in real harm's way for entertainment, eh, you know, I get it. I'm not some wimp about it, but I just choose, to, you know, I got out of MMA. I, I still watch a little bit of boxing. I, you know, love the Rocky films. Um, but for me, I just feel like uh, real violence I don't like. I don't like people getting hurt. But uh, in, in, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I don't know. There's something cathartic about it when people are kicking ass. So it's like, why can't we just enjoy yeah, that? You exactly. know? <laughs> well, especially when it's kicking ass against odds, against odds that are against them. It's right. It's something satisfying about it. Yeah. But I kind of want to um, tackle the whole concept that you know, because we saw um, even a black guy, uh, 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 Magnus Magnuson from YouTube, said that it was too woke too. And I, you know, being being African American, I wouldn't imagine he would be one of the right wingers who would be lobbing that word woke too much. Um, I don't know what his political affiliations is, but my point simply is is that we have this tendency in our culture to use the wo- word woke too much, and it usually seems to apply, especially with anybody who's on the right applying it to anybody to the left or yeah. or it's just anybody who's sort of got a sense of macho or machismo trying to apply it to anyone who's being what they think is being a pussy it's like and it's like i don't know it just it, it's getting overused and i i just i don't think that having a female protagonist necessarily adds up to the movie being woke because here i got the definition right here so the term woke is a, a comparative adjective. Uh, it says alert to injustice in society, especially racism. So I would think that would also mean, uh, you know, protecting uh, the, the heritage and race of people, which is good. I mean, you know, you know, and I've said that on previous episodes where, um, you know, 
woke should be a good thing. You know, protecting people's equality, people uh, re- protecting people's freedoms. Uh, being woke is is like kind of having a being up to date, if you will, on your uh, new software. Yeah, you know, it's, n- it's thrown to be, around as an insult to be racially not. or uh, um, equal to to be up to date on all the latest, uh, you know, gender terms, all the latest racial terms, all the ways in which we should be more sophisticated and, and, and sensitive to people of other cultures and races and heritage and, and creeds yeah. and whatnot. And I'm, I'm in theory, of course, I'm well, for yeah. that, of it's, course. It's thrown around whenever <clears throat> anybody is accepting of differences or inclusive of people that are different, and it's thrown out as a derogatory term when well, it's not. Right, and in this instance, I think that what's giving people that that wokeness, if you will, is the fact that it starts off with a female protagonist. That's the only reason. And I don't that's literally the only reason. Yeah, because when, it's a woman that actually right. shows some strength. But I don't see where that was being woke. It I wasn't. mean, you it's know, not. <clears throat> yeah, I, I just don't see that being woke. I, I think you know, um, having a female protagonist. I think what it is, you know, is we're living in a culture where there's a lot of right versus left political influence. And so I think, you know, like when uh, Fox News attacked uh, Star Trek and now it's too woke and now this is too woke. And now now the right wing who or even just people who live in red states who, you know, uh, these catch all terms, they just become a part of our Mm -hmm. cultural zeitgeist, if you will. The word gets thrown around too much, and then it sort of loses all actual meaning of what it really means. It's thrown around whenever anyone in a movie that's not a white male is the star <laughs> right. or has some yeah. skills or some power or yeah anytime it's so generic now it's just not even well and i don't understand why a man this day and age would have a problem with a female protagonist okay. it's almost to me like um they don't want to see women because they're not women and therefore they don't identify as women and therefore I, I don't want to hear her plight because I don't respect women, which really is more just showing their xenophobia. Right. And their, yeah. and their uh, what's the word, uh, misogyny, yeah. than actually any actual it's, wokeness exactly here. Because it is. if yeah. there was some wokeness, I would be the first to say, yeah, maybe a little bit, but but, but I don't see it here. Yeah, no, I don't really I don't see it. No. I mean, we were in Trader Joe's yesterday, and, and we overheard somebody talking about the movie, and I said, hey, can I insert myself into this conversation? <laughs> He's like, sure, and we talked about it, and I was like, uh, people are lobbing the word woke here. Did you find it woke? And they're like, no. Oh, I didn't see anything in that, you know. And so I think the vast majority of people who are okay with women don't see it that way. Exactly. If you have a problem with women, yeah, you're probably going to think this is woke. And, you know, when the movie first started, I was like, oh, here we go. Female protagonist. I have no problem with female protagonists. I, in fact, love it sometimes when done right. But I was afraid it was going to get into that hokey sort of Disney-esque kumbaya. You know, I was talking about Mm -hmm. multiculturalism just the other day. I have no, of course, I want multiculturalism. Of course, I want freedom and equality. Of course, that's what this show is all about. That's what we, we're all about. But I do think when multiculturalism is used as a, a tool or a prop, if you will, in commercials, it gets too heavy handed. It gets ham fisted. And then it just becomes sort of hokey. 
because now it's starting to feel like we're not even allowed to have white men in our culture because white men are giving other white men a bad reputation. And so no, everybody's just sort of getting bored with dudes and males in general, especially if you're white. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of taking on this new life of its own where, you know, first, you, you know, Star Trek Discovery, the main protagonist is a black female character. And I think people are like, ew, I'm getting so sick of this. But it's like, why? Because it's now finally happening? Right, exactly. (laughs) Well, and yeah, and welcome to how many years of women having to watch men Male football, male baseball, male everything. So finally, like, little girls are having someone to be like, oh, hey, I can can do that. I can be powerful. I can, and And to be fair... I can see why a man maybe wouldn't relate as much to a female protagonist because they're not yeah, female. But women have been having to do it for years. Well, no, of course. Like, of so. course. Well, I mean, yeah, imagine if you were an African American and you were just watching white dudes in movies for years yeah, exactly. and you're not being represented fairly yeah. and all we're saying is is maybe it's time that we start representing our yeah. heritage fairly. Yeah. Oh, kitty. Hold on you guys. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I, you know, I thought, you know, the point I was going to make is, is um, if she wasn't your cup of tea, then you had the males there also. Her brother was a fantastic uh, sort of co-lead, if you will. Yeah. And he was male and he was he was a charming as hell motherfucker. And I well, was like, and, yeah, cool. And these same people would have just if it wasn't a female as the protagonist, they would have complained because it was a Native American. Right. If it was a male, if right. it was her brother. Like, it's just. They're always looking for something to complain about. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just the culture we're in today. And that's why I wanted to do a show about this because I do feel like we're all being continually thrown off balance in our uh, comfort and ease of life because we are living in such politically divided times. We're living in just divisive, kind of hateful times. And uh, we're just living in times where we're, there's a lot of people around us, and we're just constantly being bombarded by uh, energetically unsavory elements, whether it be the tweakers at your work or whether it be whatever. Speaking uh, of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you know, this would be a terrific time to tell everybody what's going on. Oh, oh, real quick, though, while I'm thinking about it, I did want to say that the PACT Act, we were talking about it on the last uh, bonus episode. It did pass, you guys. And uh, yay for that. So uh, just a little update for you. The PACT Act, that's the bill uh, where uh, they protect veterans and soldiers who have breathed in burn pits for too long and were suffering health problems. It did pass. Uh, No thanks to the Republicans, but uh, it passed anyway. Uh, There were a few Republicans who stepped up. And that's what I'm thankful for, that there are. Finally, I think a lot of people are seeing the lack of utility of Trumpism and that just crazy political extreme. Uh, The extreme two left and right wings are just the tails wagging the dog. And we need pragmatic solutions of people that aren't going to get triggered over every little thing, you know. And so that's why we kind of uh, talk about these things. Because it's so, it gets so easy to become um, sort of radicalized in our culture because we're all upset and we're all getting over it. And it's easy to lose our patience and cool and not really understand where the line should be drawn in all things, really. You know, so I just wanted to say that. But go ahead, babe. Uh, she's got an update for you and we'll get back to the <laughs> pr- prey review. But um, speaking of tweakers, go ahead, babe. <laughs> if you listen to the last episode, I talked about the. Uh 
the fine gentleman who scammed me at customer service Ugh. with the uh, Tide return. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing there at the desk the other day. Look up. I see a Tide container. Oh, he came back? And I look up and see oh. his face, and I was just like, motherfucker. Same guy, <laughs> oh, a week goodness. later, tried to do <clears throat> the same thing with the for the tie yeah. with the, the slit on the side. Oh, so goodness. I asked for a receipt this time, knowing he didn't have one. Right. And he said no. So, oh, I got to go get my manager. I went and told my assistant manager, and she was pissed. <laughs> and she went over and said, I have you on camera doing this a week ago. Do not ever set foot in my store again. <laughs> Good. And his response was, wow. Like, she was in the wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Wow. Yeah, yeah, wow. You're trying to, you're, you're, you're ruining product and trying to make money off of something that you don't even own, dude. Yeah. I mean, if it doesn't get more clear cut in terms of petty thievery and he's going to be he's yeah. going to feign uh, 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 outrage here yeah, yeah mm-hmm. right so yeah so <laughs> that's kind of that like was... Trump feigning outrage when the um, police raided him you're the one that stole the fucking classified <laughs> documents dipshit <laughs> if you didn't do that they wouldn't be there exactly uh, this false outrage so, in our yeah. society is a re fucking ridiculous but anyway mm-hmm. yeah uh, <laughs> so yeah that's just an update for you guys on that um but yeah the pack act uh, passed thankfully and uh, rebecca is f- growing wise to all the scumbaggery and all the scams being ran by these tweakers and i just wanted to say you know the one thing i didn't say on that episode that i regret is that i talked about them being cockroaches and this and that and i showed a, v- a lack of empathy for uh, I showed empathy for uh, homelessness, but I didn't show a, a empathy towards drug abuse and tweakers. And I just wanted to say that I have a personal history of tweakers in my past, in my 20s, that they were everywhere when I was living in Reading. And so it's not that I lack empathy towards tweakers. It's that once they're hooked and addicted, they lose their soul. They morph into some, something else, and it takes a lot not just treatment but it takes getting off the drug for years and then finding better ways because of the bad habits they pick up as tweakers they become did you have something to say well yeah that article you sent me so not only has oregon gone from number nine to number one in meth use in the country right it's also made in a way now that it is just so much worse than it used to be it's making people it's way more people paranoid psych- very bad problems. psychiatric problems right. and that's right. i see that i absolutely see that in certain customers that i've dealt with for years well and you I, can tell when they start that shit yeah you've seen a couple people where they used yeah. to be good nice people and now yeah. they're either paranoid or they uh you can see that they've gone downhill yeah. in terms of not only their appearance but also in their moral core they've they've yeah. kind of become and their psyche it's just it's really they're falling it's apart. horrible to see right and so yeah it's a it's a horrible issue yeah well and i'm glad you know i the one thing i did, don't think we told our audience is that i forwarded that to you you forwarded it to your boss that and article he forwarded it and to he, other managers in oregon so, yeah, yeah which which is good because like i said i mean this is not about lacking in compassion for tweakers this is about a epidemic a scourge a cancer on our society that we have to uh, uh, you know tackle and yeah it's hard know. to walk that line between <clears throat> compassion and trying to understand it and being on the receiving end of all the shit that right. happens because of it well it's, and that's why when it sounded like i lacked empathy it's yeah. because tweakers are aggressors tweakers are abusers 
Tweakers are sociopathic predators that turn into petty criminals and opportunists once they've lost sight of their soul, once yeah. they've lost sight of their moral core. And so, no, no, I don't lack empathy for them as people. Once they become a person again and get off the drug and stop being a tweaker, I have full respect and love for them and their healing process. I hope they get better. So it's not about no. shitting on tweakers. I do, do tweakers suck? Yes, of course. But at the end of the day, also, um, I, I'm not going to show sympathy to people who, who, who become predators <laughs> and we're the prey in the yeah. society because that's yeah. what it becomes. They're the predators and we're the prey. Yeah. Every grocery store everywhere is the prey, and we all play victim to their sociopathic predatory ways. And I love that that fit into this I know, right? whole that was, thing. That was, pretty good. That, that was clever. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good about that. Gold, gold star for that one. Gold star on the fridge. <laughs> Anyways, okay, getting back to the review here. So, yeah, at the end of the day, I just think the, the, the use of the word woke is just overblown and overused. And I do feel like there's a lot of buzzwords that get that take hold in our culture and get used too much. Everything being woke. Now, you know, that being said, I'm I'm a lib- I'm a progressive. I don't I, I, I am liberal, but I don't identify as a liberal. I'm a progressive, universal progressive, but not to be politically divisive, not to be you know a, a soldier to the cause necessarily but just because we we need better systems we need more fairness and equality we need to start taking care of each other and we need to start rebuilding the middle class and we only do that when we have legislators that are sensitive and compassionate enough and responsive enough to start creating legislation for there to be better oversight and better bills and better infrastructure so that we can start having a middle class again that's what it's about it's about putting the humanity back in people you know yeah so it's it's not that i you know uh, have some liberal agenda it's that we need greener technologies we just need certain things in our society um and i think sometimes what happens is the right wing gets uh sort of uh they're distracted all the time by social issues so that they don't pay attention to the greater understanding of what needs to be done in our country. They don't care. They keep, yes. And they don't care a lot yeah. of times, right? And so what it's doing is it's kind of like they're devolving while uh, the left in some ways are evolving. And then as a result, we can't even get to the, we can't even come to the table with these people because they're like a pigeon that just wants to shit on the chessboard. You know, you can't, come to the table and talk to someone who's not willing to open their mind or even uh, play fairly or even treat people decently. And, 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 then, and, and that's what they depend on on the right. They depend on these radicalized militants who aren't going to listen to new evidence, who aren't going to be compelled by uh, compassion. And at the end of the day, you keep these people angry, you keep them all riled up, uh, and that's why it's so important to keep our anger our frustration and our nervous system under control and in check and that's why we're doing this episode is to talk about how we don't turn into the very monsters that we seek to protect our society from you know yeah so anyways moving on so anything else about the the prey movie no it was good just go watch it go watch it it was fun yeah (laughs) it's not woke you're you're, you're, you're just dumb. <laughs> Ooh, you got me there. 
Well, you know, just a quick uh, point of clarification. I just feel like everything is getting politicized in our culture now. You know, first it was Dr. Seuss, and then this, and then this, and then it's just like we're always battling dis and misinformation in our society, which is always seemingly perpetuated by right-wing media. And so it's like they're the ones that just throw it out there, and then we all as a society have to culturally appropriate to their shenanigans. And then over time, you know, the smart ones eventually learn and grow out of it. And then the ones that stay radicalized don't care about what's right. And that's why, you know, when you see on the right, you know, oh, you're the ones that care about soldiers, then why aren't you voting for the PACT Act? Oh, you're the ones that care about police officers and law enforcement, and yet you're the first ones to beat their ass on January 6th without any sense of control or compassion. And you're going to sit here and tell me you're pro-blue? Yeah, I know. The hypocrisy is its just astounding. Yeah, and so it makes me really wonder what their values are. I mean, you know, is it just to own the libs? Is that your entire mission? Because I thought the mission was to create a better society. Yeah. Isn't that what politics is for? Yeah, not to a lot of them that are there now. Yeah, Yeah, I don't understand it. Oh, another thing just came to my mind. Yeah. Freaking Cracker Barrel is being called woke and boycotted because <gasps> they're offering a meatless sausage <gasps> alternative. How dare they I offer know. it? Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> People that is so are re- literally boycotting it because yeah. they're putting an extra item on their menu. I, they- can, <laughs> yeah, was, I can see if they substituted <laughs> yeah, it without... No, they just added it. They just added they it. They just added it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, that's, you know, that's like the people that, like, when I worked at the pizza shop... You know, they're like, oh, I'm never coming here again. And you'd see them a week later. You're like, I thought you were never going to come in again. They're like, meh. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. people say that to you. It's yeah, like all the time. We're just becoming such a, a society of disenchants and malcontents and Karens and angry retards. Sorry to use that term, but they're just not playing with a full deck here. Am I right? But, yeah. No, and I'm sorry not. to use that term because I actually worked with. People with uh, mental uh, handicaps, and I love them, I adore them, but but I just, I'm old school, and sometimes you just got to call it like what it is. They're just, it's like a mental retardation. I'm I'm meaning that literally, not mm-hmm. to be, to, to put down people yeah. with mental uh, handicaps. <laughs> just, it seems yeah. like they're mentally handicapped. It's something. I it's, don't know, but that just it's will. Me you as... know what it is? It's willful ignorance. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. But that's ridiculous because it's not like they're just saying you don't have they're, a choice. No, they're just saying we're <laughs> just saying adding some, this. You do have a choice. We're, now. we're trying to make yeah, exactly. We're making the vegans happy. Here you go. No, how dare you? <laughs> well, now they might have vegans in their midst. You know, they can't have vegans <laughs> you can't going to Cracker with, Barrel. <laughs> you can't have vegans eating next to you now. No. What's next? Having right. I mean, come on, <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, yeah, and that's just it. We're trying to become a fair. We're trying to become a more fair. We're trying to become a more inclusive society. And everything offends everyone now. It's like, yeah. Jesus Christ, shut the, turn off Fox News for fucking 10 minutes, right. would you? Yeah. Read a fucking book. Gulliver's <laughs> Travels. Terrific book. Terrific book. Treasure Island. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, that is a perfect segue into the next topic, the ridiculousness of cancel culture and retconning public figures who have been around for a long time. Uh, we just heard that uh, now Twitter, uh, woke Twitter cancel culture mobs are going after uh, Metallica. And uh, I couldn't even bring myself to research it because it's so stupid. Because, okay, they, I think they think 
they the, the Metallica is racist because I think it's be, and this is what what I believe it is because I did read an article about it, but I didn't go further. I read one article, yeah. yeah, I couldn't take more than one article, but what I think it is is that James Hetfield likes to hunt, and therefore he must be conservative, and therefore we have to hate Metallica now. Even though he's, how would he be racist when his um, lead guitar player is Filipino and his bass player is Mexican? What yeah. are you talking about? There, what is yeah, that, there, babe? I don't even know. There was something that he may have said years ago, and then they made a, a comment on stage after Kurt Cobain committed suicide. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just, I don't know. Just, yeah. Well, you know. And they were kids. They and were, you say stupid shit when oh, you're a kid. And they drank a lot. And yeah, they call and they them alcoholic. And you're, yeah. So I if mean, I, if many, I had to be held uh, to to my highest standard for all the times I was drunk and stupid, exactly. Oh God. And, yeah. And weigh two possible <clears throat> statements against everything else, and that's the whole reason for. Well, I even saw some person that was like, "Well, I'm I'm pissed. I bought my Metallica shirt now. Like all these like I'm returning. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to return your Metallica uh-huh. shirt because you now." Like Metallica because you watch Stranger Things. That's, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been listening but. to Metallica literally since 1981. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, no, if I, if I ever thought they were racist, I wouldn't listen. No. No way, you know. No. But, well, especially nowadays, you know, James Hetfield, Papa Het, he's gone through recovery. He's sober now. He's like, they call him Papa Het because he's like, He's like everybody's metal grandpa now. He's an awesome, nice, kind man. And they're all good people. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Kirk Hammett has been in the band since the beginning almost. And um, he's Filipino. So how can you sit there and say somebody's racist? I mean, if it was, you know, like, I don't know. It just strikes me odd that because I think what it boils down to is these people they scan and scour the internet all day, every day, looking at people they already hate mm-hmm. and trying to reverse engineer reasons to hate them. Oh, yeah. I think there's people that literally will pick one Twitter account mm-hmm. of one person <clears throat> and go back and read every single thing for years and years and, and years scour and years the and earth until one so- thing yeah. that they said. That happened to James then, Gunn. He mm-hmm. said something controversial yeah. seven years ago. And then the um, cancel culture society decided that they were going to cancel him. And then Disney fucking mm-hmm. fired him and then realized how stupid that was when the air kind of settled. Yeah. Especially and then when the stars of Guardians were like, <clears throat> stuck well, up for him I'm and not, said, no, I'm not going to be in that movie if he's not the director. Right. Then. Well, and the thing he said was he's a provocateur. He admits it. Yeah. James Gunn has always been a provocateur saying things. He, he says them for um, stylistic intellectual panache to to kind of as brain droppings to get you thinking about things. And, and he's always been that way. He's always been a provocateur of sorts. And so to sit there now and try to cancel somebody because of the way they've always been, it's like, oh, my goodness. You know, yeah. it just feels to me. Yeah, because they'll, they'll literally sit there and spend like, don't these people have lives or jobs? How could I don't have enough time to do all that? Why would they just retcon because it seems like that's what they're doing. Is they're retconning bad behavior. Things that used to be acceptable in the 80s aren't acceptable now. I used to use the word with great regularity, the word fag. It's in the movie Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Fag. And now, right. oh my yeah. God, I would never say that. Right. Ever. Yeah. No, exactly. I would never ever say that now because I am very pro-gay. Yeah, and like you mentioned, I dressed up <clears throat> one year as a Native American for Halloween when I was a kid. Yeah. One year as Aunt Jemima. Yeah. 
And and you were just because they were iconic figures, right. not because not because you were trying to wear blackface or it, be disrespectful or anything. And it was absolutely right. not done with disrespect. It no. was because they were figures that are like public well, figures, and you're like, I want to be that person. Well, like, it was kind of like when Jimmy Fallon went on the apology tour after doing a blackface on SNL. First of all, years and years and years. That was ago. years and years ago. And second of all. SNL producers approved it, and so did Chris Rock. Yeah. He did it right. in front of Chris Rock, and if Chris yeah. Rock had a problem with it, he would have said so. Yeah. And so what it's doing is it's it's trying to create a double standard. The standards now versus the standards then. There was a different standard then. So to apply a, today's modern sensibility standard to something in simpler sort of more uh, culturally uh, simple times, it's like they're trying to retcon. They're trying to go back and try to um, uh, extinguish everybody who's done anything wrong because they have a long public yeah. history. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just pathetic. I find it pathetic because I know Metallica's not racist. Like I said, they have two members in, in the band who are not white. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I just and I love Metallica and I got personally offended by it. And and so what that boils down to, really, when you whittle it all down, that's why liberal, the word liberal is taking on a bad name. I can't call yeah. myself liberal anymore because it's taking on too many bad connotations. It's been yeah. it's been toxified. It's it's now toxic to call yourself liberal in our society because it takes on all these negative connotations because because cancel culture is going around with their thumb in their butts trying to cancel everybody yeah. who's ever stepped out of line. Yeah, and it's especially when it's <clears throat> things that people have done in the past, different mm-hmm. time periods, different standards. Yeah. If it and not done in a disrespectful way, like right. none of us would ever do those things now. No, of course not. And it's because we've grown as a culture and we've grown as people. And well, yeah. so, so if there's some little, you know, like little white chick going to Lollapalooza dressed with a Native American headdress. Yeah. Call that bitch out. Because right. that is completely inappropriate. That's because we know now white that people that's whitewashing their heritage, and right, we know that's right. inappropriate now. Yeah. So if in well, that we know case, better yeah. now. We but didn't know better exactly. in those days. Yeah. And, and 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 the thing is, is I always thought that you know, as a comedian, they say that uh, impression, uh, mockery, or impressions of someone is the highest form of flattery. And so when, um, like my uh, mom's friend years ago, back in the eighties. He dressed as Michael Jackson. One of my friends did in grade school, too. He had the red jacket Uh and everything, and he looked great. Nobody said a word all night. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it was the 80s. And and you wouldn't dress as Michael Jackson because you're racist. You wouldn't uh, 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 dress as Michael Jackson because you hate Michael Jackson. You do it because you love him. Yeah. And you honor that by trying to do a... A mm-hmm. fair representation right. of Michael Jackson, and yeah. so this idea that that there's some racial motive behind that, I find is is flawed. Yeah, it's just flawed, you know. Yeah. Um, that said, I mean, yeah, like um, like I said in my vernacular, I've removed a lot of words from my vernacular because I was a guy from the '80s. I was a dude from California. And we use we threw the word fag around like it was nobody's business, and oh my god, I would never do that now. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when gangster rap was popular, we used to use the N word. 
because they were. Mm-hmm. And it was cool to emulate Dr. Right. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Yeah. I would never do that today. No. Never. No, not at all. But it no. was it was a form of flattery. It was a, it right. was you were trying to be cool like Dr. Dre, not because you were trying to be racist of them. Yeah. You wanted yeah. to use, you know, and that's the thing. We've now come to the point where black people are like saying, "We use it because we can." You don't use it. Yeah. And we're like, fair enough. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, at the end of the day, I just feel like canceling people because they're, you know, it's almost like, like I said, they're reverse engineering the Mm -hmm. hate. I already hate this band, and therefore I'm going to look for reasons to to try to get them uh, summarily dismissed. If it's behaviors that are continuing and they're horrible, and that's totally different. different. It's an absolutely different thing. And people don't have... The sense to separate the things. They don't know how to separate whether or not somebody's evolved on the subject or not. If Metallica was still just as party crazy and and flinging, uh, you know, racial epitaphs out all the time, I might say, you know, they need to grow up. Yeah. They need to grow. And I would probably lose respect. But no, they don't. Yeah. And it happens in politics a lot. Like, oh, Biden voted this way 30 years ago. So he's horrible. Well, he's evolved on the subject. Yeah. And he's come up and, you know, he's now with the times. So it shows growth and it shows maturity. and And I think people nowadays, they don't understand social evolution. So when I talk about social evolution, um, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of like when uh, President Obama was president. And, um, you know, at the time, you know, in the 90s, uh, gays in the military were considered controversial. So Bill Clinton couldn't admit that he didn't care because it could have a political cost to that. There was you, you could admit certain things and alienate a part of your base that way. And so what they would do as politicians is they would sort of obscure the line of reality and just sort of not be ultra precise about their stance on a position. And so of course, Bill Clinton, don't ask, don't tell you don't tell me, I don't got to know and I can't punish you for it. Yeah. So gays in the military at that time were like, I won't tell you. You don't ask me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and Which, uh, and it, so, it was it sort was of a like a way of... Stone. It was a stepping stone. Yeah. And yet, by today's standards, we're like, ugh. It feels yeah. it yeah. feels homophobic, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but then, uh, Obama, in 2000, I want to say 2010, 2012, he wasn't sure how he felt yet about gays in the military. He... He sort of like, well, I'm not sure, and and then and he, marriage also, and then gay, and gay marriage, too. right? And then yeah. and then he came out in his second term to say, "Whoo, I don't have to get reelected. Uh, I, I I'm fine with gay marriage, and I'm fine with gays in the military. I, I've evolved on the subject." Yeah, and that's the thing: we're not allowing people to grow. We're not allowing people to evolve on certain subjects, and so uh, that's the thing. Like me, 15 year old me was never anti gay. I used the term because Bill and Ted did because it was a term you used in California to call someone weird or call someone a jerk. It was synonymous. And I would never in a thousand years ever want to do anything to hurt anyone, uh, uh, you know, uh, in a derogatory fashion because I believe in equality. I love equality. We should be socially evolved. But when we become so hyper sophisticated where we don't allow anybody to learn or grow. If someone's not as caught up with us on the terminology, 
It's like gender fluidity. I'm fine with calling them they or them. Fine. I don't, it doesn't make sense to me yet. I don't yet understand why one human being could be called two human beings. But that being said, if that's their their preferred nomenclature, then that's what I'm going to use. And I'm fine with that. I think it's weird because they're not hermaphrodites. They don't have two sex organs. They only have one. But if they want to be called they, them, fine. I'm fine with that. Um, but to, to, to crap on everybody who's not yet up to date, um, some people evolve a little slower. Some people don't evolve at all. And I think that's where they get it twisted is they don't understand the difference between people slow to learn and people unwilling to learn. You have to you have to take it case by case and see the people that are right. willing and are trying yeah. and, and take that into consideration That's a good point. Yeah. rather than just, I think you're right. You got to take it on a case to case basis yeah. because, and um, you know, if somebody doesn't have an inkling of hate in their heart, like myself and never did. And then I use a term that's uh, out of style, if you will, um, consider the source. Uh, uh, you know, some, we just, we, we sometimes, especially when angry, grapple on to old verbiage that we don't use anymore because it's how we talk 20 30 years ago and that's just the problem with being an old fart i mean you know you know i've had to learn to control how i talk because yeah i'll say oh that's stupid that's gay oh whoops oh that's that's you know it's like why do i still do that i i of course know better and i should know better and i do know better and uh, I love gay people. I have many gay friends. I have zero problem with it. But at the end of the day, yeah, just the old habit, habits die hard, especially when you're upset. And yeah, I just think um, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I would never want anybody to feel aggrieved over something I said. I used to work uh, at Ride On. I was a bus driver. And I, I worked with uh, a mentally handicapped adults. And remember that time when we first got mm-hmm. together and mm-hmm. we went to McDonald's and one of my old uh, gals, uh, she used to ride the bus. Uh, my, mm-hmm. She was on my uh, bus. Uh, yeah. And she came up and, and hugged me and like, oh, Brian, it's so good to see you. They loved me and I loved them. So, but still, yeah, I say something's retarded. I'm like, oh, why do I say it still? Why do I do it? Yeah. I got to excise that from my vernacular but at the same time i kind of quite mean it literally in the sense that it does feel like there is some uh a, a learning uh disability there when it comes to people on who are unwilling to uh, include new information i mean you know think about the woke if you're so sophisticated on the new terminology and you're so intelligent then you would think you would be a little more intelligent to give people a break to catch up with you, you know, because I don't think, I think, uh, you know, I I have always said energy is intention. If your energy, if your intention is to hurt, to harm, then yes, by all means, we should go on the and correct Mm -hmm. that behavior. But when you're talking about people who come from a different era, when you're talking about people, you know, would you hold your, parents or grandparents who are 50 60 70 years old 80 years old would you hold them to the same standard as a 30 year old you can't they come from an old generation and just i mean my grandma she used to call black people colored 
And I was like, really, Grandma, what color are they? <laughs> She's like, oh, you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just what it was called in those days. Yeah. And, I mean, she wasn't racist. Mm-hmm. No, I wasn't raised with a racist bone in my body. Like I said, I got to meet Aretha Franklin at my fifth birthday party. I absolutely adore uh, our cultural differences. I love that we have racial and gender differences. I am a feminist. I am pro-gay. And we should all accept that beautiful, lovely spice of life. I mean, variety is the spice of life. I don't understand people who just want to be just around people like them or just want to have this homogenized homogenized society like how well, fucking boring I'm is almost, that like, I'm almost against white people more than I am against others because <laughs> oh. because of how backwards thinking they get a lot of them are yeah. you know like I'll be like around all white men I'm like boy this is a sausage fest <laughs> not only that it's a white boy fest and uh, I'm kind of needing right? a little I, we need to spice this up <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I know uh, and it because Some people don't <clears throat> understand that and it's yeah just, well it's and I think you know, I said it on the last episode that we're we're really starting to be cruel to each other. And we're starting to be unrelenting and unforgiving to each other. And it's gotten to the point where as a white male, I feel awful that white males are our cultural heritage. They're the dictators and dickheads and oppressors. It's like I'm I have I feel like I have to apologize for all white dudes. It's like because yeah. we're not all like that. No, um, not at all. But you know, I got to thinking about um, the Predator movie because there's some things in the Predator movie that just won't fucking fly today. Oh, yeah. Like oh, when Jesse Ventura uses the slack-jawed F. And yeah. I'm like, whoa. Like, yeah. you know, that's pretty f- far gone even for me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Jesse Ventura, in the, as an actor, would never say that. He's As a person. As a person, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. But that's how the script oh. was written. Um, but um, but I think a lot of people, they look at the 80s and that old machismo thing and they think we were all just a bunch of toxic males. Mm-hmm. And so they assume anybody over a certain age must be a toxic male. There's an assumption there. And it's like, dude, just because I'm a 48-year-old male and white... Doesn't mean I'm Vladimir Putin. Jesus, yeah. give me a give well, me more credit like we than that. You know, with that Predator movie, even yeah. though those characters were like that, they were still very protective of and respectful of the woman that they ended up mm. teaming up with. That mm-hmm. that appeared the woman in the movie Predator. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, the original Predator. Yeah, yeah. 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 So oh, yeah, even when though their had... characters are such toxic males, they're still showing respect <clears throat> to her. So well, it's just. It's... But the thing is, is having muscles isn't being toxic. Well, yeah, it's exactly. only toxic because you think it's toxic, and that's another thing is that a lot of times in our culture, perception is reality, and so there's a perception that males who take on sort of a jocular look uh, must be anti-gay must be uh, hateful, must be racist, must be misogynist and all this stuff. But in the movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character kicked the gun from her so that she wouldn't get shot and then started proceeded to save her. So so there was um, a chivalry there uh, that, you know, I think... No, they weren't toxic males. Yeah. They were just well, big, buff dudes. And there's some people today that would look at that scene and say, oh, he's just trying to... He didn't think that she was able to fight the predator, so he kicked it out of her way so he could take over. Like well, That's how people would see it. Even if he did, even if that was the case, he was doing it to protect mm-hmm. her. Oh, I know. Yeah. So it's like, what, we're not allowed to protect women anymore? Yeah. That'd be like, hey, babe, 
um, I don't want you to, I'm not going to defend or protect you anymore because um, I, I believe in equality and I really feel like if I step in, I'm sort of coddling you and uh, you're going to need to get, you know, violently uh, assaulted or raped. And uh, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to learn to handle yourself. Right. Yeah. You're going to have to take some judo. You're going to have to get a bow flex. You're going to have to commit. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm not going to defend you. You know what I mean? That's I what it feels like. It's silliness. It's, it's just the extremes on both sides. That <laughs> right. Are just ridiculous. Well, um, that's why the show exists is to learn where the line is on all things. Uh, it's about trying to find the proper balance because at the end of the day, I want to be able to enjoy Predator, which I know isn't necessarily. It's There are a couple dated things in that. The pussy jokes. Mm-hmm. Go too far. Mm-hmm. I admit, I still laugh at them, but that doesn't mean I'm anti-woman. No, I, can I love pre- that movie. <laughs> what do, you, do you get offended by the pussy jokes in that movie? They're outdated and stupid, but right. Whatever. But you're not getting personally no, offended by it, not right? At all. Okay, no. good. yeah, and that's just that. I mean, at the end of the day, it just feels like um, we're becoming so militant towards each other because we're being we're overpopulated and we're. We're always out there on in the Twitterverse. We're always out there on social media. And so we're sort of becoming this uh, clash of tribes, this tribalism. And we talked about that on the last episode of tribalism. It just feels like everyone's just looking for a fight no matter how easy it is mm-hmm. to avoid. And it's yeah. just like we're just looking for a fight. Yeah. I don't know. Some people definitely are like <clears throat> that just all the time. Yeah. And Do you feel like that's because they're uh, angry or somehow broken people that they need to maybe, you know, perhaps get their mental health under control? Could be. Some you know, maybe them, they're yeah. having psychological problems or emotional problems or or maybe a, a man did them dirty, which I get it. If a, if, a, if a man did me dirty, I'd probably hate men if I was a woman for a while until I realized, oh, good males exist. Oh, thank goodness. You know, but that's just it. Yeah. When we generalize like that, we're we're applying our own biases and our own hatreds um, before knowing all the facts. You know. Yeah, it definitely happens. So, so, so that's why I wanted to do this episode because I just wanted to kind of tackle that. Well, I think you know, at the end of the day, what it boils down to is there's so many assholes, there's so many jerky people causing problems in our society that we've all sort of grown. Um, we've all put up our wall. We've all grown um, impatient with each other. Uh, and we really do think that other people aren't able. There's, we, we don't trust that people are able to grow, able to learn, able to get better, able to heal. And so where there's an assumption that if somebody's a certain way, they've always been that way, they're never going to change. And uh, I think we're just growing very impatient with the progress socially in our society when you see so many hateful people you see so many racists you see so many people talking poorly about women you see all these people talking about gay people it's like uh it's awful it really is awful and so i think it's easy to just sort of grow unamused by that and to sort of just think yeah fuck it fuck everyone the world sucks people suck because I do think people suck. I do. Not, but not everybody. That's the thing. You know, that's the thing I want to ask you, hun, is because people do suck as a rule, which just means more people than not tend to suck, how can we find that humanitarian love for people 
as misanthropes, as people who are just getting so tired of the human species, ruining it for others. It's really hard some days. Some days it I can't. Is. Some days I just I can't. It's just... Well, and that's what I tell people. If you got to scratch that itch, man, scratch that itch. I don't care mm-hmm. where it is. Yeah. If you got to fucking be hateful one day or talk a little trash, do it. So mm-hmm. long because it's 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 about catharsis. It's about getting that off your chest. I think it would be better to bash d- people on a day you're having a day than to carry that with you for all of your life and then to to have that affect your relationships or how you treat people in real life um yeah i don't always like people um they're terrible sometimes but that would be like if if i said well all people are terrible therefore i'm not going to do a show about kindness or compassion or reason uh because i'm not going to be able to get through to anybody because they're not capable or smart enough to get through to so therefore uh the whole world's fucked and we might as well just give up and let's just kill ourselves and why are we even here like, yeah, that is the most nihilistic, cynical view, but uh, you, yeah. you can't live like that. That isn't sustainable. So how do we, you know, how do we get through all that emotionally? Some days you don't, but you just, like I was talking to you last night about those couple really nice interactions I've had. Mm-hmm. So you just try to remember those good ones and you well, yeah. try to think about those good ones. Well, and- I do believe. And, you know, this is sincere. You know, I do believe as a rule, we have to live our life in the rule that 80% people suck and 20% don't suck. And so as a rule, we have to be tough. We have to be gritty and we have to hold people accountable, especially if they're just throwing all the rules away. And uh, but at the end of the day, to to lose that seed that seed of humanity that seed of kindness uh you throw that seed away you're not going to grow kind yourself and then you are going to be plagued by uh constant uh anger and frustration so i do believe that when you assume that everybody is awful um what you're doing is you're you're not paying attention to the good people and the good things going on while it may feel like the um the uh, minority i don't believe that it is it's just that everything you see is on tv everything you see is in movies everything you see is in politics and so it's easy to assume that to assign the vast majority of people are awful um but um that's why for me i just look at the innocence of people there's just some people that are just trying to work their job raise their kids and, and live their lives, and that's innocence, and that innocence should be valued and protected. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, so you just you just try to concentrate on that. Some days you can't. Yeah. Some days there's just so much shit that that's all you can see and well, that's yeah. all you can think about. Well, and that's why I say, you know, I try to be kumbaya, but you can't always be kumbaya every day. I think what it really boils down to for me is uh, I had to get my temper under control. Boy, I had a temper, and you know that. And I'm a very defensive of women. And I'm very defensive of assholes. Remember the guy at the mailbox called me a, what did he call me? A moron? 
Something like that. And I said, why don't you get out of the truck and I'll whoop your ass, you fucking piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I was like, ah, man, I just got into it with a neighbor. And then he told the manager and then I had to write a thing and all this. Oh, I remember that. And then he was he was such a dick. So then I wrote to them and said, okay, well, now I don't feel safe going to the mailbox because of him. So what are you going to do about him? Yeah, right. they were just taking his side and coming down well, on you. And I was like, no, fuck and, that. And, and, I, and when we talked to her on the phone, I said, you know, maybe I'll get the police involved in this so that... <laughs> I make sure that this is done fairly because I feel like you're taking his side because he's older than me. And I'm starting to feel like maybe you're being a little ageist about this. Yeah. And as soon as I wrote the letter and said, I didn't feel safe going to the mailbox. Yeah. They're like, oh, we well, never heard another word. But all that being said, do I admit that I was in the wrong? I was in the right in the sense I was defending myself, but I'm just the kind of person where when I'm, when a, when a angry moron is presented to me, I tend to eradicate it with a quickness, and that's what I was trying to do. I was like, I could just beat your fucking ass. You know, like, I was being kind of quippy about it, kind of fu- snarky mm-hmm. and funny about it. Yeah. I was like, well, here's, you've present, you, I've, I've heard your argument, and here's a counter, here's a retort to your argument. How about I just whoop your ass for calling me a name <laughs> when you have no right to do that? Yeah. But that is my short-temperedness. That is my... I'm getting too accustomed to bad people in the world, and I'm allowing my uh, protective nature to uh, uh, become uh, forceful and aggressive and assertive, uh, uh, like a short fuse. I, and I and I so I've learned from that point. From that, I learned a lesson. I was like, you know, as much as he was in the wrong, we all know he was in the wrong because we did nothing wrong. I mean, he said that all because I parked my truck there to get the mail. That was his whole purpose, reason for calling me that, is yeah. that I parked in front of him, but so that's how people so do he it. he had to drive around you instead of a straight shot. <laughs> right. And yeah. it wasn't even him driving, it was his wife driving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what blew me away, then he goes around the corner, and his house is the corner house right, right there. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, now I know where you live. Really? Are you that smart? Oh my God. But the point is, is you could tell he was a Trump supporter. You could tell he's a hateful person. It was like that other guy in the park that like flipped me the bird because my blinker wasn't working, and it was my mom's car. I'm like, it's not even my fucking I know. car. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That and one. so, yeah. And so, my point is, is that there is a lot of angry, hostile, crazy people out there. And because I'm a big guy and I'm a veteran, and I used to be a soldier, and I used to take martial arts, and I used to be trained as in hand to hand combat in the army, I'm like, oh, fuck this guy. This 50-year-old scruffy-looking nerf herder, I'll whoop your ass. But then I realized, then I had to deal with management. Because, you know, what if I did that again? And now, guess what? You've painted yourself as a hateful person, even though you're the one defending against hate. So we have to be careful we don't become the monsters that we're fighting against. You you know what I mean? And so I've learned, don't have a short temper. Um, a short temper will land you in prison, you guys. It really will. You get you get too short on people. You could lose your cool and end up in a situation. You could lose your job. You could end up with an argument. You could end up in a fight or a shootout. You don't know who's out there. People are crazy. And so the lesson I learned is to be more loving, even of those who, sh- who don't share your sensibilities or don't share your politics at all. That guy, uh, remember, we saw him, I don't know, a couple months later, and he, he, he recognized me, and 
mm-hmm. I'm a big guy with a big beard. And he's like, oh, fuck. You could tell. He yeah. was like, swa- gulp, mm-hmm. gulp. And uh, he looks over and goes, hey, how's it going? I go, good, good. And I, I made sure yeah. through the way I talked to him to say, all is forgiven, yeah, sir. It's done. I yeah. just expect a little bit of respect. That's mm-hmm. all. Um, but I was just in one of those scrappy moods that day. And I realized that is not always the best way to handle things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because there's just too much hate in this culture. And we can't allow ourselves to turn hateful because then we um, sort of energetically become hate. We become the energy in our culture. And then we're adding to the hate in our culture rather than eradicating it through understanding peace and love, you know. So, you know, it's just, learn. you know, got to learn your lesson. You got to grow out of that stuff. Absolutely. You really do. And so I've grown out of all of my homophobic I, well, I never was homophobic. We just you, threw that word around because it was popular in the 80s. But I grew out of the using a juvenile language. I've grown out of, and, I, and when I do it again, I'm like, God, I can't remove that fucking word from my vernacular. And I want, you know, so I make a conscious effort because, yeah, we want to create a society of thinkers. We want to create a society of, 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 of people who are conscientious helpers and carers and uh, i think that's where we lose our patience though is when we see people on the right who claim to be pro soldier and pro veteran and pro police uh i'm not seeing that i'm not Mm -hmm. seeing the compassion they never claim to be compassionate but um i feel like that lacking in compassion is is just creating a scorched earth uh hate everybody nihilistic mindset and then all goodness and kindness is, is just sort of diminished, and it really hurts yeah. me as an empath. Yeah, I know. You know, to, I want us to be a more gentle and evolved and loving society. And so what, what can we do about that? Just have to start with yourself. Yes. And hopefully it radiates outward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's totally it. When you radiate, it's kind of like being a monk. If you're a Buddhist, you believe the peace has to come from within. The peace, the, the storm is everywhere around us. The peace, we are the eye of the storm, where the peace is. Everything around us is a whirlwind. And so the peace and the gentleness and the kindness have to come from, mm-hmm. from ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then when that radiates outward, people can pick up on our intentions. Energy is intention, and therefore we become better nicer people and hopefully our life gets better as a result of that because when you make better connections with people and when people see your maturity and your kind sensibilities you you forge bonds you forge friendships and while i can relate and yes do i get more often than not agree with uh, progressives and the left wing when it comes to policy and principle over the right wing radicals of course but that being said I just, I'm getting bored with treating people like trash, you know? Yeah. We really do have to take it amongst ourselves to try to improve. And that starts from within. You can't change the world. You can't change everything. But you can change what you see, what garbage you put in your life, and you, you can change how you want to see the world and how you want to see people and to focus on the good. Because I think that's it, is that we all have a sort of an inherent negativity bias. When I was a chef, they said that if somebody ate your food and didn't like it, they were 10 times more likely to share that with 10 people than if they had a good experience. If they have a good experience, 
there were only one out of ten people that would share that positive experience and ten times more likely to share it if they had a negative experience. And that's what people are. People have an inherent negativity bias. Yes. I worked the other night. Um, Somebody came up to the person that was the lead clerk Mm -hmm. and I had to walk away because it wasn't my part to get involved in the conversation. But she was talking about the person that was running self-checkout. And she's like, well, all every other time I've had an interaction with her, she's great. She's great. I don't want to get her in trouble. But she was mean to me this time, you know, <laughs> paraphrasing it. Yeah. So why even say anything? Like, <clears throat> right, right. Her, she's literally like, oh, she's always great. She's always great. But this one time, she was human. How dare she? How like, dare she have a human I just, I, flaw? I would right. not have been able to... <clears throat> treat that situation the way it probably should be because I would have said something to that effect. Like, right. so she's being human today. Do you realize how hard it is to work at self-checkout for eight hours a day, right. day after day after day? Well, I don't and, think people have the um, empathic understanding to empathize no, with others. Sympathy is when you don't relate, but you empathize anyway Empathy mm-hmm. is when you empathize because you can relate mm-hmm. because you've been in that situation yeah. yourself. and Or you can picture it. or You can, you can picture it. it. You mm-hmm. can imagine it. Yeah. Well, empathy means that it's happened to you. Whereas sympathy is, it hasn't happened to me, but I still, I empathize because I have sympathy for people. Yeah. You know, it's like I've never been homeless, but I sympathize with the homeless. I've never been a drug addict, but I sympathize. <clears throat> I've, I empathize with people who have, you know, had bad jobs. I empathize with people who've been um, uh, hated on or hurt for no good reason. Um, you know, see, see yeah. the difference there? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're almost out of time. Uh, I, I have here uh, how to... Uh, my phone just turned off just as I went to read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, staying proactive without being hateful, keeping our comfort, ease, and relaxation in times where there's an overabundance of lacking in control. Now, and then I go on to nerve, sleep, comfort, and clarity, and unsettling times. I've been having sleep problems. I'm entering. We're entering the um, the <clears throat> you know the autumn of our life. If 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 you know being 48 years old, you know I would say you know being 40 is sort of like late summer. Now we're in kind of early fall. You know uh, we're seeing our parents get older. Uh, my point is is that the the world is becoming <clears throat> much more mean and cruel and uh, condescending. Uh, it doesn't respect our boundaries, doesn't respect who we are as people. Uh, they're constantly pissing us off. And so, yeah, we have to kind of find our center and our whole, our wholeness and our wholesomeness too. But we're, we're, we're just, we're, we're getting to that point in life where we're having trouble, uh, I think, with our sleep, with our comfort, with our sense of ease and control because the world is becoming so fascistic and dictatorial and mean and cruel and rude. And so I think what that does is that upsets our sensibilities and we have trouble relaxing. We have trouble finding comfort and clarity in these times. And so what can we do uh, besides meditation, of course, and things like that, uh, spirituality? uh, What can we do in terms of our mindset to sort of thwart all that chaos, all that chaotic energy that's looking to abuse us. What can we do about it? You know, we can become activists politically. We can fight tyranny. Uh, we can do all those things, but but in our mindset so that we can sleep, so that we don't have uh, chronic, my, uh, chronic anxieties and chronic 
um, emotional problems, how can we uh, compartmentalize that in such a way where we don't feel a lacking in control over those awful um, energetic and uh, bad emotions, you know? Yeah, you have to just try <clears throat> try to stay aware of it, which is really hard to do because... It's easy to just let the It's hard to be meta all you. the time because we're yeah, just living our life be, on day to day. Yeah. So How do you be above it, is, it all, all the time when you're yeah, in it? You, yeah. When you're down in it, it's hard to be above it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know because yeah. I have a hard time with it. Yeah. So I think we all do. And that's just it. I don't come to you as like, like a, I, I am a spiritual person. I do have a lot to teach, um, but I'm still learning too. And I don't think you ever arrive at your destination, you just get to a point where you can't go backwards. Like, I've arrived at a place of peace. I've arrived at a place of comfort. I've arrived at a place of inner calm. And and so when I have a day like, eh, today's a perfect example. Woke up, didn't sleep great. It was humid and muggy last night. I was My mind was constantly thinking about all the worries of what's going on. Uh, I worry a lot about my mom getting old. I worry about your parents getting old. I worry about them dying. Uh, uh, it just feels like the autumn of your life is the time where everything gets worse and nothing gets better. And when you're already having mental health problems, uh, geez, what do you cling to for comfort and love and that that essence of, of control? You know, how how do we do that, do you think? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not the right answer, babe. <laughs> Just keeping your environment the way that makes you feel comforted, doing things that make you feel comforted. Yeah. I mean, we watch Night Rider because 80s nostalgia gives mm-hmm. me comfort. Uh, we, we watch Predator movies not because of toxic ma- males and toxic masculinity. We do it because the 80s was a simpler time. We do it because, uh, you know, we lately we've been watching a lot of uh, uh, music videos from the 80s and the mm-hmm. 90s. I'll turn on the stereo system, and we even have the Hue Phillips Hue lights with the sync technology hooked up to the microphone where the lights go off uh, to the sync of the beat of the, of the music. And I don't know, it just kind of puts me in a better state of mind. It does, yeah. It Plus, just kind of your it, it, it just makes your brain <clears throat> sink back into better times. It just yeah, exactly right. When you were times when you were younger, times when life was a little bit easier. And uh, my fitness, I work out. I t- I put on some music at, or a podcast, and um, I call it meditation in motion because I don't try to lift heavy like I used to. I just lift. I just put in the work, and it's relaxing and it's meditative. And so I really would stress to you guys that find your spirituality, find your meditation, find something that you can find your comfort and control, do breathing exercises, uh, anything that's going to give you comfort or clarity, uh, because when we don't go get above it all, we're, we're down in it. And when we're down in it, guess what? We're not in the eye of the storm where the peace is, where, where the wind and the whirlwind is. We can't, we can't live there. That's untenable. You know, yeah, just remind me nine inch nails. I was up above it, now I'm down in it. Now I'm down in it, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a cloud. I was up way up in the sky. I had some feelings you wouldn't believe. Sometimes I don't believe in myself. Okay, I'll shut yeah. up. Shut up, old guy. Uh, 80s people, huh? I know, never ends. No, um, what would you say about um, entering a new phase of your life? 
entering the new phase. You're entering, you know, I used to be a young, I remember not too long ago, I was the 20 year old that was get, not getting the job because I was too young. And now I'm the old guy not getting the job because I was, I'm too old. How do I reconcile with that without getting bitter? It's weird. It is weird. It's really it is, hard, especially since we look younger than we are. Too. Oh, totally. So it's a people weird think I'm thirty three. I'm forty eight. Yeah. Same. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's I take weird, that as a compliment, like, but mm-hmm. but but I also am not a I'm not a spring chicken anymore. You know. Yeah. So you want the respect that you deserve for your age, and when you don't get it, ugh, yeah, that's where my temper. I get. Uh, ugh, yeah. I gotta get that temper under control. I don't have a short fuse, but I have a temper. Because I'm irreverent. I've always been a feisty, passionate person, you know. And so I've learned that passion is a saloon door. It goes both ways. It goes it goes positive and it goes negative. And so as a passionate person, I can become very dispassionate when I'm pissed off or when I'm mm-hmm. hating on something or when I'm not yeah. liking something. I have to watch myself there. But that's why we do the show and that's why we tell people that we have to find our peace and calm. We have to find our inner core our inner core of morals, our inner core of decency. Um, don't let that world out there. Don't assume that the whole world lacks morals. Uh, there's a lot of good people with morality. Just some people are confused. Uh, some people are, are young. They have to learn. They've yet to learn. And some people maybe have just become, you know, like old people. They grow either into a fine wine or they grow into a vinegar. And I did a whole episode about that mm-hmm. in season one. But, um, you know, you could, you can grow, uh, age gracefully or you can age, you know, it's kind of like, uh, we saw a couple of memes actually, uh, where there's that meme with, uh, Will Wheaton, uh, where it's like, Will Wheaton is 50 and Alex Jones is, um, 48, which is my age. Is he really? Yeah. He's Holy 48. Shit. Yeah. And, and, it, and the, and the meme says, you know, Hate ages you poorly. <laughs> yeah, which is like the one I saw years ago. Right. It was Stephen Miller. 33. 30, 32 or 33. Yeah. And Paul Rudd was like 50, 50 something. Four or whatever. Yeah. 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 Well, hate I, ages you. I think hate does age you poorly. Mm-hmm. And um, that's probably just genetics, probably. Um, I'm sure you could find an oldster who doesn't hate, who looks old too. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I think it there is a little bit of truth to that in the sense that when you... When you burden yourself and you carry all this water for things that don't matter, uh, you kind of stress out all the time. And, um, well, I think I know why Alex Jones looks so old. If I lost a settlement of $45 million because I was lying about <laughs> Sandy Hook, uh, I, I might oh, be yeah. graying and getting a little stressed out, too. But guess what? You did it to yourself, dude. Yeah. Like, these people, they always do it to themselves, and then they... And then they and then they ask for pity afterward. Like, dude, you did yeah. it. You did everything yourself. It's like, what did we do to you? You, We just let you go be you. And now that you're in trouble, you're like, oh, yeah. Like, you should have fucking known better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're a 48 year old man. But yeah. um, hate is a, yeah, hate will darken your heart. Hate will darken your soul. And uh, if you want to age well, I really do believe you got to let go of not just the hate. But you gotta let go of all of that worry too. Um, it's not, it's easier said than done. I worry about a lot of things, a good many of things. And that's why I try to exercise. I try to do my meditation while I'm lifting. I do my cardio. Um, but even if you're too busy for all of that, um, just having a day off where you center, 
doing things that center you, like you with your cross stitch, babe. I think whatever yeah. it is, you've got to find what you love in this world and just cling to it for dear life and everything else. Just let it go to the wayside because honestly, at the end of the day, don't be one of those people that cares about image. Don't care about one of those people that uh, has to always be right. Um, is it what's what's more important, being right or being happy? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, I wanted to leave you guys with a meme that I have that kind of really quite. When you boil life down, this is the easiest, simplest meme ever. But it it's just it really hit home with me. I I put it on Instagram the other day. Okay, so it's a real simple meme, and it says, happy people, don't show off, talk less, learn daily, help others, laugh more, ignore bullshit, and live longer. Now, you know, I know that it's easier said than done, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, sometimes you have to kind of whittle life down, and when you have Mm -hmm. a nightmare, sometimes you have to wake up and realize, it was just a dream, it's not real, you're Whatever you're worried and scared about, it's only in your machinations. It's only in your imagination. It's not real yet. So, you know, you've got more time. I've got many more years with my mother. We've got many more years with your parents. Knock on wood. And um, we're always going to worry about life because mortality is scary. Hey, we are biological critters born on a giant planet with no rule book and a bunch of crazies everywhere all trying to take advantage of us and take advantage of our existence. And, um, yeah, that will overwhelm you, especially if you're intelligent, especially if you're sensitive. So, yeah, at the end of the day, it's easy to kind of whittle down life into these silly little memes. But, but I don't sometimes know. Sometimes it helps. It just helps, just to, you know. Yeah, yeah, but, well, like it says here, talk less. I don't talk this much in real life. <laughs> I talk this re- in when I'm having com- engaged conversations, but um, no, in real life, I'm I'm a listener. I I'm a listener. I'm not a talker. Yeah. Um, the reason why I can talk so much on this show here is because I spend a vast majority of my life what listening. Yeah. Quiet your mouth, and you might learn something. <laughs> Definitely. Anyways, but at the end of the day, babe. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to do this episode because. Uh, I just woke culture, cancel culture, hateful, tribalness, uh, political divides. It's always going to exist. That's the problem, you guys. You're never going to get rid of it unless you get rid of it in your mind. Filter it. And all empaths will tell you, if you're an energetically sensitive or even just an emotionally sensitive person, we have to learn techniques to filter. It's called blocking and filtering. I have episodes on that in season one and season two. Go back to them. Give them a listen. But um, there are techniques to learn ways of blocking yourself from negativity, from negative energy, and focusing on the good and the calm and the peacefulness of life because that also exists. But like I said, humans have a natural negativity bias. We're all that way. We're just built that way. And so at the end of the day, how we can sort of get over that and to find positivity when we're feeling negative, that's, that's when it's hardest. It's, Absolutely. It, it's hardest when we're already feeling negative, but we don't want to. When I'm feeling anxious and stressed, it is hard, boy, to find my comfort. And But, you know, I've learned ways. There are ways, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much, babe. Just a bonus episode for you guys. We're going to be back uh, September 2nd or 3rd. We're going to Allison Chains at the end of the month. 
Uh, do some camping in Bend, Oregon. And then, yeah, we're going to be back. We've got shows on cryptids. We've got shows on uh, types of UFOs and uh, types of alien species. Is it real? To what extent is it real? And uh, do we really have to prepare for an alien invasion? Is that real or is that just crazy talk? We're going to talk about it. Uh, at the end of the day, um, we're, we're soft believers, you know, but uh, we'll, we'll go through all the weeds of that and we'll decide, is it really worth our time and effort to worry? Not worry. We shouldn't worry about any of that because it's too out there. I mean, if they've existed now for hundreds of years or at least 70 years that we know of, and they haven't done anything yet, chances are they won't. But maybe they're here to we just... we don't know. We don't yeah. know, right. So that's what we're going to talk about. But thank you guys so very much. This show is all about being an empath or being a sensitive, being an intuitive, and how to empower ourselves as an emotional or energetic empath, how to become kinder, more gentler, and tough, grueling, more sophisticated times. And uh, also it's about mental health, good mental health, robust living, how to find balance and closure, how to process our feelings and our emotions, especially when uh, the scab keeps getting reopened by life and our job and our careers and bad people. So, yeah, that's what it's all about. We will be back in September. Thank you guys so very much. If you want to pitch into the cause, if you like the work we're doing, come on over to my link tree. It's linktree forward slash Comedy. Uh, pitch in $2 a month. You could do that on Patreon, Venmo, Cash App, PayPal. It's all there. And I hate being that guy, but, you know, we need help. We're trying to grow for you. We're trying to become a daily resource. We're going to have a YouTube channel coming up, Chef Bry Comedy. <clears throat> it's going to be all about uh, paranormal reviews. We're going to do some fun stuff there and uh, tell you which shows are worth it, which shows aren't. And then, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're just doing that for fun. We're not trying to get monetized or anything. We just want to connect with our audience. And then lastly, at the end of the day, uh, what do we have? Um, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's that kind of day. <laughs> anyways, uh, whatever. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but anyways, thank you, baby. Um, go relax. You've got a day and a half left before you got to go trodden on back to the job. And... Um, Tomorrow is Halloween decoration shopping, my friends. So. Yay! That'll be great. That'll be fun. Yeah, you guys, you just got to, you know, life doesn't have to be self-important. Life doesn't have to be super meaningful all the time. Take comfort in the little things. Take comfort in the jokes and the laughter and the friendships. Um, you know, you try to get too deep too often, you will find yourself in a deep, dark place, I assure you. Learn how to get out of that hole and learn how to see the light of day sometimes and learn to get away from the darkness. Get away from your empathic feelings. Get away from your hypersensitivity and get away, essentially, from your darkness, your inner darkness. We all have it. It's all there. But uh, sometimes we just got to find ways out and um, find humor and laughter in times uh, when sometimes it's hard, you know. But life is just always going to be this way and so we have to adapt yeah. and that's the way it goes so thank you baby i love you you too good job <laughs> <laughs> and uh you guys we love you we miss you we'll be back in september uh yeah thanks a lot for everything we'll see you next time bye bye bye